This is In Touch with In Touch. Join us as we create a path to a healthier planet by delivering sustainability solutions that reduce energy usage, drive profitability, and simplify facility management. Hello, everyone, and welcome to In Touch with In Touch. I am your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, today we're discussing how to help you reach your ESG goals using an energy management system. And joining me to discuss what this means, what this looks like, and the benefits of it. First, we have John Bolin. He's the CEO of In Touch. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks, Tyler. It's great to be here. And it's great to have you back on, John. And we also have joining us today, Trey Hernandez. He's the Director of Customer Success at InTouch. Trey, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely. So, John, let's start things off here. For people who might not be familiar with what ESG is, can you break that down for us and tell us a little bit more about why it's so important? Absolutely, Tyler. ESG is a set of standards that investors are beginning to use to target dollars for investment in the marketplace. And it oftentimes gets conflated with a couple of other investment strategies. Um, and, and so for our listeners today, uh, there's this concept of socially responsible investing, which really puts an ethical lens on how people want to invest. They may choose or uh, to or not to invest in a company because of their own personal ethics. There's impact investing, which is a group of investors who choose to invest in an organization because of the social impact that that uh, organization may have. And sometimes that impact may be for climate change, but it could also be for human rights. It could be around a number of concepts, but the idea is that an impact investor is attempting to make an impact. ESG focuses on a set of standards and puts the company's operations into a lens with a long-term view of reducing risk of the investment in that organization based on their environmental impact their social impact, and their overall corporate governance uh, and how the organization manages itself. That's really interesting. So let's focus in on that environmental aspect and, and talk about putting the E in ESG. So what does the E really consist of? When we talk about environmental impact, what sorts of things do we think about, do we talk about, um, and, and what sorts of things factor into that? Again, uh, great question, Tyler. Uh, as you might imagine, the E measures the environmental performance of an organization. Uh, the one that we're probably all most familiar with is the emission of greenhouse gases. But, but in some environments, it could mean the amount of waste a company produces. It could be um, the, the, the manner in which they are, are managing the uh, outputs of a manufacturing process. Uh, but the one that comes, I think, uh, easiest for all of us to understand are the overall carbon emissions. The, the amount of greenhouse gases that we are emitting into our environment. The, right now, there are metrics that say as a, as a human race, we emit over 50 billion tons of greenhouse gas on an annualized basis into the environment. The reality is that the E is measuring an organization's performance around mitigating their GHG emissions as a very large part um, and so investors are looking at organizations who over the long term are reducing the risk of, of GHG emissions and helping you know, the entire planet get to a net zero GHG uh, position. And so investors look at companies and they frame up the risk of that company's business relative to what its emissions might uh, mean for that company over the long term. 
Now, Trey, we know one of the primary ways that um, that, that uh, companies can help in this particular area is by reducing uh, their energy usage, right? So talk to me a little bit about how investing in energy management systems can help reach uh, ESG goals and really focus in on that, that E aspect of ESG. Sure, Tyler. So there are several ways investing in an energy management system will help, right? We know climate change increases risk for companies. From it, from physical disruptions to regulatory to reputational and financial uncertainties. So our goal is to ensure our partners are making the best use of their investments and capital expenses by elevating their environmental, social, and governance responsibilities. Investing in an energy management solution allows our partners to focus on the return on investment and in making strides towards their ESG goals and commitments. Also, by investing in energy efficiency and management, we know the highest and most efficient return for multi-site facilities is by making our buildings more efficient. As John mentioned, this creates a reduction in greenhouse gases of which account for almost 7 billion tons in emissions from heating and cooling of those buildings alone. By the end of last year, our portfolio achieved to remove over 1 billion kilowatt hours in energy, which is the equivalent of planting over 900,000 acres of forest. And today we've saved our customers over 14% on average in kilowatt hour reduction or almost $30 million in annual savings and cash flow. So Tyler, you can see how the focus on environmental benefits can also drive financial benefits. However, this demonstrates how a company can drive their environmental goals without having to sacrifice a return on investment. And we truly can make ESG more about sustainability than financial return. That's a great point, Trey. And uh, you know, I I, I was going to follow up and ask about that return on investment, but that that was a great point that you made. Um, absolutely. So, tell us a little bit more about what energy management solutions uh, consist of. Uh, what does this look like um, once it's once it's in a building and that sort of thing? Talk to, talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, energy management systems actively control, monitor, and provide real time access for facilities groups to their performance data, which can ensure occupant comfort while driving energy savings. These systems provide data points, which can include energy and HVAC monitoring and control, facility lighting control, water flow and temperature monitoring, and refrigeration and freezer performance data, all allowing these facilities to protect their inventories, provide positive working environments, and achieve energy savings. The physical attributes or hardware can come in the form of controllers or smart thermostats, sensors for doors, supply air sensors, and glycol monitoring. At a base level, we turn buildings into data building objects, which drive database decisions. I really like the, the way you put that there at the end, uh, especially that was, a, that was really, really well put. Thank you for that, Trey. So uh, John, when we look at, uh, at energy management systems, talk to me about what actionable insights can be gleaned as a result of using them and employing them. What types of things can you, can you pull out and, and put into practice? You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I talked about this big 50 billion ton problem, right? And Trey mm -hmm. talked about 7 billion uh, tons of greenhouse gases. And it's the enormity of that challenge um, really leads to the question you just asked, Tyler, which is, okay, great. Um, how do I impact this and what kind of insights and how do I change the way I run my business? Uh, the built environment actually consumes 40% of all energy generated in the United States. The built environment is responsible for most of the greenhouse gases emitted um, uh, around the world. And so by implementing the system that Trey just described, it allows us to take that data generation, right? He described turning a building into this data generating object. So once we're able to do that, 
we can now glean information about the infrastructure in those buildings, right? The biggest offenders when it comes to GHG, the infrastructure getting data around is actually the largest energy consuming infrastructure in the building. So HVAC and lighting are consuming the largest amount of energy in our, in our built environment. And now we can understand how to effectively configure the HVAC to operate at its most optimal uh, setting. So we can begin to reduce the overall energy consumption of the building just by managing the HVAC and lighting in a more optimal way. More importantly though, we now begin to get information about that part of the infrastructure that's not operating as we would have expected. Now we can make very targeted and surgical decisions around which units are in need of repair. How much is it costing me to run a unit in energy by not repairing it? How can I target my next preventative maintenance cycle to ensure that the infrastructure that's underperforming gets addressed in the next preventative maintenance cycle. So we're able to use the data to better optimize the existing infrastructure, to identify underperforming assets across all of the infrastructure, and to change the way we behave about maintaining that infrastructure going forward. What was interesting about that, uh, what you just said there, John, and I like the way that you talked about preventative maintenance, because what you seem to suggest is almost that there's it gives you the ability to go from being reactive to being proactive, right? And that being a, a big shift for, for these facilities. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a great point. In fact, we use the phrase in, um, in our space that many customers have the mentality with this infrastructure to just let it run to fail. Mm. You know what? I know when it needs to be repaired, when it stops working. <laughs> and, and if you have a run to fail mentality, one, you create a horrific customer experience uh, for um, your customers when it does fail. Right? We've all had a, an air conditioner in our homes, in our college dorms, in our apartments fail in the middle of July, somewhere in the southern part of the United States, and you're thinking, this is the end of days. <laughs> well, when, when that happens in a restaurant, in a retail environment, in a service environment, right? it's not just the end of days for those folks who are in that building. But it also has a very, very direct tie to that day's revenue, that customer experience, potentially a long-term opinion of your business. It's a leveraging the data to understand and predict what's going to happen and target your investments becomes one of the core principles of, of implementing an energy management system to better run your business. Right? You, you, we can all drive a car through the rearview mirror. Um, it tends to create a lot of accidents and run over garbage cans, right? What's important is that you're you're looking out well in front of the vehicle and making decisions before you ever get there. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and uh, yeah, I can attest. Uh, some people are better than others uh, driving using the rearview mirror, but you probably just don't want to do it on a on a regular basis whatsoever. So exactly. <laughs> hey, so, Tyler, I, yeah. I would add to it at a more granular level. Right. With the InTouch 360 service, the customer success team will drive both monitoring and reporting, let you know which assets are under, under, underperforming, the cost of inaction, as John mentioned, for the poor performing units, and where to best allocate your maintenance and capital dollars. So we, we do review elements such as you know heating and cooling units, which may be running all of the time or for too long. If an employee's left the lights on overnight, or, or if a door or a refrigerator is left open. We actively monitor zone temperature during occupancy and vac vacant periods, higher low humidity, excessive fan runtime, energy usage during occupancy and vacant periods. And then by sharing this data with the facility groups, 
we know fixing poor performing units saves money, but this also causes a reduction in the amount of greenhouse gas output and significant energy savings. That's a great point, Trey. Yeah, I, I, I like the way you put that. And I'm also curious, just Trey, from your perspective, if you can share some examples of what these solutions look like in practice and the benefits they can provide uh, once they are you know, in, in place in, in, in these facilities. Yeah, just kind of talk us through that and maybe share some, uh, some successful examples that, uh, that you have um, that, that really show what this can do uh, once it's out in the real world. Yeah, of course, Tyler. So working with one of our small box retail customers, NSUCH was able to achieve over $4.4 million in annual savings. So talk about significant, especially when we know facility leaders and teams are being asked to do more today with less resources, right? So the ability to remotely adjust systems accordingly has been and will continue to be essential for operating flexibility as we adjust to a new operational, to these new operational protocols. Um, during the same proof of value, we believed we could partner with the retailer to achieve a 20% reduction in kilowatt hours. And after deploying to over 1,000 sites, we were validated we were validated by this reduction in energy. So InTouch does proudly maintain a 100% retention rate with our customers who choose our InTouch 360 service, as I mentioned earlier. And as part of this service, the customer success team continues to consult on sustainability goals, we continue to monitor, manage, and report via quarterly business reviews and utility and energy analysis to validate asset performance and savings. Our partners look to InTouch to provide intelligent and consultative solutions. We are proud of the net impact on the environment we've achieved with our customers. Excellent stuff uh, here from both of you here on the podcast today. So before we wrap things up, I want to give you the opportunity to give us any final thoughts, any conclusions, or touch on something that we haven't talk talked about yet on the podcast that you want to make sure we mention before we wrap up. Um, uh, so, John, kick us off. Just tell us uh, if there's anything that you want to say uh, to, that you make sure that the listeners walk away with after after hearing or watching this episode today. Now, it, as it's probably clear to the, the folks watching us today, Reducing greenhouse gas emissions and, you know, and, and the way Entouch describes it is saving the planet one building at a time is, is really close to my heart. Mm -hmm. but, what's, but what's really important for our listeners today is to understand that there are so many competing ideas and solutions to drive a, a more sustainable future for us that require us to make sacrifices, that require us to pay more for a commodity than we are today, um, that require us to change our lifestyles dramatically. Um, and we may well have to do some of those things in the future. But energy management systems are not one of those things. There is no green premium required of our customers to gain the reduction in energy and the intelligence in managing their operations that we provide. Right? The ROI on our implementations is well over 200% over a five-year period. So we don't require someone who wants to be altruistic or has a great moral compass to want to leverage the InTouch solution. Someone who just wants to run a better business should be leveraging the InTouch solution. And one of the outcomes is that they will be meeting the ESG standards that their investors are requiring of them. They will be demonstrating that they are lowering the risk in their business to be impacted by sustainability legislation and GHG emission legislation because they are actively participating in the reduction of their greenhouse gas emissions. 
John, I think that was tremendously well put, and I really, I really appreciate the way that you broke that down, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Trey, is there anything you'd like to say in closing as well, uh, just before we wrap up this episode today? Yeah, just to back off of John's comments that, you know, some of the numbers out there can be paralyzing, right? 50 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions. But the reason these conversations and this podcast in particular are so important are not necessarily to determine that solution. It's to assist companies in taking their first steps towards their ESG initiatives. Hmm. Very good stuff. So, John, if people want to get in touch with Entouch, uh, how can they do that? Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out and to learn more about you and the solutions that you provide? Certainly, they can go to uh, ntouchcontrols.com. They can also reach out to me personally at john.bolin at ntouchcontrols.com. They can get Trey at trey.hernandez at ntouchcontrols.com. Um, they can call me directly at 214-986-6903 and be happy to have a conversation. There you go. How many CEOs just give out their phone number on a podcast? Not that many. So if you want, if you have questions and you want to get in touch with the CEO of InTouch to answer your questions and to learn more about who they are as a business and what they do, you can just call John. You can give him an email. You can also send Trey an email as well and get in touch with these guys to learn more. John Boland, Trey Hernandez, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of In Touch with In Touch. Uh, it's been a blast having you along. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast. So if this is your first time tuning into one of these, make sure to go back and check out the previous episodes that we have introducing you to In Touch and, uh, and covering a couple of other topics as well. You'll want to go and check those out. You can find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And of course, stay up to date and stay tuned with more episodes coming out very, very shortly. Uh, we will be back soon with those new episodes of the show. But until then, for my guests today, John and Trey, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.